Hi there, I'm Washington Post reporter Lillian Cunningham. Stay tuned after the show to hear about my latest podcast, Moonrise. It's the dark but true story of why we went to the moon and what we found there. The full series is available now. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. In 1864, during the only Civil War battle that took place in Washington, the Battle of Fort Stevens, President Abraham Lincoln got in his carriage one evening and made an extraordinary request. He wanted to go see the fighting. Nobody, of course, thought this was a very good idea. But Lincoln did, and off he went. Lincoln wanted to support the Union troops. He wanted to see the situation with his own eyes. And he very nearly got himself killed. As Browns zipped over his top hat, a young officer shouted, Get down, you fool! Lincoln's Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, was so worried about his boss that he ordered an ambulance to evacuate him. Lincoln was not happy. He said, I thought I was commander-in-chief. Lincoln was not the first president to step foot on an American battlefield. President James Madison was at the Battle of Bladensburg during the War of 1812. But Lincoln's visit is often cited by historians in recounting the importance of presidents visiting troops in or near war zones to better grasp conditions, to reverse public doubts, and to signal to both U.S. and enemy forces that the country took war efforts seriously. Veterans have split on the value of such visits, with some suggesting that these so-called dog and pony shows obscure the realities of war and drain military resources to keep the president safe. True or not, these visits provide lasting, symbolic images of presidents as commanders in war. Military, as well as all other requirements, must be calculated in an atmosphere of cold logic, not of senseless fear. Take Dwight Eisenhower. The former Supreme Allied commander in Europe during World War II, Eisenhower made a bold campaign promise days before he won the 1952 presidential election. I shall go to Korea, Eisenhower said. The conflict there was spinning out of control, and Eisenhower promised to review every factor, military, political, and psychological, to be mobilized in speeding a just peace. Eisenhower made good on his promise. The next month, as president-elect, he visited commanders and surveyed Chinese and North Korean positions from a spotter aircraft. Dressed in a thick parka, Eisenhower squatted on an ammunition crate and ate lunch shoulder to shoulder with soldiers. Photos of Eisenhower there were symbolically important, showing him as a hands-on leader. But the visit had important policy implications too, confirming Eisenhower's belief that the war had become a stalemate. Eisenhower brokered an armistice later that July and said after that we could not stand forever on a static front and continue to accept casualties without 
any visible results. According to historian Michael Beschloss in his new book, Presidents of War, speedy and reliable air travel after the 1950s helped presidents set the standard for commander-in-chief visits to battlefields. One of the most famous occurred in October of 1966, when President Lyndon B. Johnson made a surprise visit to South Vietnam. The war was becoming increasingly unpopular in the United States and around the world. Johnson's trip, ostensibly to support the troops, morphed into a campaign to blunt negative public opinion. Johnson stood in a jeep at Cameron Bay to address troops gathered around him. While he wasn't in a direct line of fire, Beschloss says Johnson moved closer to the front than any other president since Lincoln at Fort Stevens. Johnson's visit, for security reasons, only lasted a couple hours. Chin up, chest out, we're going to get out of this yet, Johnson said in his thick Texas twang. Beschloss wrote that at one point, the tough-talking Texan choked up. Johnson told his troops, I could not begin to thank every man in Vietnam for what he is doing. We shall never let you down. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Alex Horton, who reported this story for The Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. Hi, I'm Lillian Cunningham, host of The Washington Post's Presidential and Constitutional Podcasts. We've just released the finale for my latest series called Moonrise. It reexamines the story you thought you knew about why we went to the moon. I dig into newly declassified documents and presidential records, closed-door political deals, the Cold War nuclear arms race, and even the history of science fiction to tell a new story about space. Listen on your favorite podcast app or at WashingtonPost.com slash Moonrise. You can binge the entire series available now.